So welcome back to season four of Get to the Joke. I am honored to have Todd Glass with me today. Todd, originally from the suburbs of Philadelphia, who now lives in Los Angeles, has made appearances on The Tonight Show, Tosh.0, Comedy Central Presents, and Louie, just to name a small portion of those uh, credits. His popular podcast, The Todd Glass Show, can be heard via his website, www.toddglass.com, and YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. He has an amazing special on Netflix called Act Happy and tours with the Todd Glass Band nationally. All right. Now, uh, now I want to talk about how I know Todd Glass, which I don't. I never met Todd Glass before till today, but I fell in love with Todd watching uh, the second city uh, or second season of Last Comic Standing and was fortunate to see Todd again come back for season three. I followed his career, uh, seeing him live at Helium Comedy Club, buying his album Thin Pig off of Amazon and listened to the iconic WTF with Mark Maron episode, uh, which led to the amazing autobiography, which I now own, the Todd Glass situation. Situation. It's also worth noting that Todd is one of the best TV shows of all time, which is the Todd Glass awful prank show, uh, which I please, please go YouTube that. Uh, and Todd and I share a very thin thread of I host PJ Ryan's, which he started back in the day, which we will talk about. And I think that Todd personifies all that is good with stand up comedy. Todd, thank you for letting me go through that huge bio. Thanks for being here today. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> And, you know, I'm only saying this because um, it, it doesn't really matter. You would yeah. have known because I just decided it like two weeks ago. Yeah. I'm not going to do the podcast anymore. You're not. No. What? No. Is this? Is I this, know. Right. What, what's going on? Was the podcast I, something that just came out? of? Because you had the other podcast before with Jimmy Dore and now you had your own. Uh, was is yeah, it, I did. Go ahead. I, I did the last one for 12 years. And, you know, the only reason I'm saying it. I bet I bet other people go through the same thing. Like you want to go, why am I still doing this? And mm -hmm. can I stop doing something that I overwhelmingly fucking love? Yeah. And 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 that was the that was the problem. I thought, well, and then one day I decided I was like, I was, you know, I, I never got tired of doing the show. Like when the guests were in here, that yeah. was always fun. Yeah. That was to the last. And I haven't done my last show yet. I wanted to. Um, uh, take a little time and put something really cool together and not have to hurry it. So yeah. until then, I've just been doing those no-show shows right into my phone, and yeah. you know, they're like 10 minutes long. Yeah. But uh, I didn't like booking guests. And as much fun as it was, and believe me, there's only two, besides my friends and family, business-wise, yeah. my stand-up and my podcast, that podcast, mm -hmm. it's a it's a crazy intimate relationship it you is. have with, with the listeners. But there was it was a lot of work, and I didn't like booking guests. That's why I mostly had family shows. Mm -hmm. And I realized a lot of the joy that I get from it, this is, was the pivotal moment for me, was in the studio. Mm -hmm. And it sort of naturally pivoted a, a different way that, you know, doing the uh, sort of TikTok and paying a lot more attention to Instagram, mm -hmm. I realized that's what I'll do. I'll have people, maybe some of them, I know them from TikTok, maybe comedians, but I'll invite them into this space. So usually yeah. they'd come in here I'd have the band play them in, make them feel special. And then we'd move over and do a podcast. Yeah. Maybe now uh, they'll come in and we'll meet new people. And they'll, instead of moving over to do a podcast after we say hi, we'll just create content Yeah. and do funny things. And, and, and uh, it's less work for me. I don't have to have the producer. And then it was just, yeah, it was, it came every week. It came very quick. And uh, so I decided, but, but it's, it's, oh, no. it is, it is hard. 
yeah to stop it i I got used to it well so i mean does it go into is the reason that you're stopping is because i mean you've always been very visible about how much you love hanging out with comics that is pretty much your life energy is the 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 hangout that you get with comics is it because the comics the the booking all the business stuff has kind of muddied that and so you're not really is that okay no, no, everybody, okay. uh, comics, you know, that all your friends do get busier over the years and it's mm-hmm. harder to get people sometimes. And it was, it was every week yeah. that it came every week. I, and, and that for me was a little, I just, and that I don't have to stop having a fun time in the studio. I'm going to reconfigure yeah. it. I'm going to put in a real stage. And oh. um, when I'm in the mood to like do it, maybe let's say a traditional podcast, maybe something mm-hmm. happens socially or. Yeah. I want to talk about comedy clubs like I've done them, but it's sort of traditional podcasts instead of at the table, we'll sit at the sofas yeah. and then I'll, but it's not that I ha- I don't have to do it every week. It's when I'm in the mood to do, mm-hmm. and I'm sure I will be, uh, I'll just uh, drop it somewhere, maybe on YouTube. I, I don't even know yet. Maybe on Instagram, it'll go, Hey, by the way, me and blah, 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 sat down for an hour and we talked about this. Yeah. So, and then, then I'll put it out into the universe. Yeah. Because that I miss already, and I keep reminding myself that I can still do it. I'll see something that makes me laugh or inspires me, and I always, usually what I do is I send an email to, mm-hmm. you know, uh, to myself. And that way, yeah. when I do the show, I, and that's been weird because I'm like, oh, well, you have the last one, but eventually, what are you going to do with this stuff that you want to share with people? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, would it, is it, is it just because it's a lot of work on you? Would it, would it be beneficial to have somebody come in and 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 help you with like the booking and the and the editing and that kind of or do you like that kind of control? no i didn't even do any okay. of the editing oh okay i, I had like 98 percent no edits okay aristotle who's been with the show from day one i would mm-hmm. send the show to him but but I, I i i always had to have a tech person i tried to do it without it i almost thought i won the battle mm-hmm. it's just too risky it's too unprofessional Mm-hmm. drop shows that sound like shit and that then i go okay so i always have to have it. if aristotle's mm-hmm. not available i used to try to do it without him i can't yeah too many shows got fucked up yeah so because he's listening to the whole show if one guest is too loud and i <laughs> sing too loud or he's there he does you know yeah. it might not seem like a lot yeah and then someone to do the drop so it it was just uh it wasn't producer. that it was the amount of work it was that it came every week yeah and yeah. this the way i'm doing it now is more you know a little more casual well that's what this is i don't do anything every week i don't i couldn't i couldn't keep up with it this is just me doing this whenever i feel like i can get a good guess and then i kind of bottle them up and then i hopefully in a month i can drop everybody at once kind of deal so i I, yeah and by the way yeah i'm not talking about a podcast as the vehicle as the vehicle um there's a lot of work some people love doing it every week and i get that why so did i and 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 there's some people have been doing it for 20 you know mm-hmm. i th- i believe there's people that do it every week and get joy out of it and yeah. and those people obviously you know so i'm not trying to go well the thing with podcasting is, <laughs> no, with, with everybody it's individual for me yeah it pivoted towards doing the content and uh and not have to do it every week but and but you're somebody and by who, the way also yeah. let me say there was a period I want to be really clear with it because yeah. it is something that's really close well, to yeah, my heart. It's a part of you, yeah. I, yeah, I didn't have to do it every week. I wanted to do it every week. Okay. 
it wasn't a chore for me to do the podcast, yeah. but there is some work involved, as you know, and anybody yeah. doing a podcast, you know, and so that's, you know, but there was, it was more than one yeah. thing. It was like 10 things. And like I said, the pivotal thing was you can just do fun things in the studio still with your yeah. Canadian friends. Yeah. Well, it's cool. So it's not like you're stopping creating content. It's just the Todd Glass show is kind of pivoting a little bit and how it's going to be yeah. in the future. I like it. It's cool. You've always been very candid about that, that, that comedy and comedians and yourself should always grow that no one should kind of rest on their laurels that comics should always be trying to make themselves better work harder kind of keep doing that so what what is next now for you todd what is the kind of next big project you're working on or the next kind of thing you are looking to do well that's a good question um <laughs> and and then maybe that has to do with why all of a sudden i was didn't want that responsibility every week at this time now, because what I, what I'm trying to do, and I've been trying to do it for a while, um, is um, I want to do the show that I do on the road with the band, mm -hmm. um, but like a res maybe a month in New York, yeah, and be presented by another comedian, like putting money, basically putting a lot of money into it, yeah, and so you have to get someone to present you, and that could be like a number of people that you know, mm -hmm. uh, just saying it like it is that are more famous than you and have the money to uh yeah and i wouldn't be the first person to ask like you know mike Rabiglia presented somebody a few years ago so people do it <laughs> and um so that's what my new manager and i are going to do we we to uh, put it out to like 15 or 20 people and say hey would you like to present todd so putting it together you know it's and getting and really working on that show i don't want my stand-up to be i want that to be good the band bits so putting that together has been a, a lot of a lot of work. And I'm and I want it more than I'll be honest. I want it more than anything in life right now. Like I want yeah. to fucking do this show. I know what it can be. And especially if you put money into it and you were at mm -hmm. one place where you had real tech people and a whole day to do lighting. And so are you talking about kind it. of like what Mike Birbiglia did with like his Broadway show where it was kind of like autobiographical? No, no, no. That was oh, okay. Mike doing it for himself. Mike okay. presented um, Alex Edelman. I'm okay. probably saying his last name wrong. But no. comedians have done it over the years. Yeah, like no, no, Jerry no. Seinfeld presents Ron Colin Hamilton. Quinn. Yeah. No, no, I was saying like, is your show right. kind of like a one man show or is it still the stand up show with the band? Or is it like a one man? You know, that's 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 a good question, too, because. In the in the video pitch, yeah, we're making it right now. Yeah, uh, I make that really clear up front, you know, uh, because uh, it's an edited show. It's not the whole show. When they're mm -hmm. going to see, they're going to see highlights, and I didn't want them right up front. I go, yeah. And by the way, this is a stand-up comedy show. That's what mm -hmm. you're craving, and it's a and it's not a new one. It's not a new concept that I hope works or it works. I've been touring with it for a long yeah. time and I care about stand up and I work fucking hard at it. Oh, you do. It's that with a lot of production around it. Okay. Which I also enjoy the band, mm -hmm. the, you know, yeah, I you... go off. But... Hi, I'm assuming if you're still watching at this point that you're enjoying the episode. Uh, if you like this episode and you want to see more, please do me a small favor and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Um, that, is awesome. I love seeing subscribers go up. That means people are enjoying what I'm doing, which makes me feel good. So please 
do that if you're uh, really liking this. Um, and if you want to, check out my website, markstod.com. Please feel free to contact me on the website. I respond to every email. Every email I respond to. Leave a comment. And the thing too, I get back to most of those as well. Um, and that's it for me. Enjoy the rest of uh, the episode. Oh, you, you, that's that's something about you. There's this aura about you, Todd. I've seen your show live many times. I've seen it at the Comedy Cabaret in Doylestown. I've seen it at Helium. I've seen it in both. It's you when you get when you book Todd Glass, you are getting an experience where people go to a club show and they get forty five to an hour of a stand up. They are getting much more than that. With I mean, you get there early. You set up the room exactly in the way it needs to be so that the entire audience is engaged from the time it starts. And not from the time that, that you get there, but from the time the show, the last butt is in the seat until they're walking out the door. It is a production. So I can only imagine what you're going to be doing with like a ton of money behind it. I mean, it's it should be incredible. Well, you know what? I appreciate you saying that. I really yeah. do because... I do not just like as a line or mm -hmm. I the second they fucking get in the front door, mm -hmm. I wanted to, to, and it can, and you know what? Relatively. I mean, I do it at comedy clubs with the time I have mm -hmm. mostly the problem doing it is, is if the club will let me, but when yeah. I met with, look, doesn't mean when I leave helium, doesn't maybe tease me a little or change some things back. They've also yeah. kept a lot of things and yeah. done a lot of things that I've said. Mm -hmm. So that's a club that, they let me pretty much do whatever I want. So it starts at the entryway. And mm -hmm. then, you know, uh, I notice little things like if I walk by a coat closet and it's not being used for uh, now a year, so it's yeah. turned into a storage closet, which is fine. Yeah. Now, I don't want customers to walk by that. That <laughs> yeah. I'm, trying to, I'm thinking that's not that's not that's the outside world. That's yeah. So I, if they go down the hallway into the bar. I mm -hmm. want it to be fucking blue and sexy. No, no, nothing on the TV. It's mm -hmm. like make them forget about the world. And overwhelmingly, that stuff to really elongate the evening. Yes, is is cheap. Yeah. Oh yeah. People do think you they know? get a bargain seeing you. I would say, and let's see if you agree with this analogy, Todd. I think going to see a Todd Glass show is like going to Disney World or Disneyland, where you go into a bubble where they almost you almost forget the outside world exists. You're going into a very manufactured environment so that you have the that optimizes every second of your time so that you are experiencing something that is as pure to comedy as as anything that has ever existed. Would you agree or not agree with that analogy? Well, first of all, of course, I'm going to. Thank you. I mean, obviously, when some of this kind of things like that, it makes you feel good. And also, you said it very succinctly. Mm -hmm. And one time I was talking to uh, a, a Jim Gaffigan, and he said something interesting. Mm -hmm. Number one, once out of the blue. Like, yeah. Sometimes I wonder if I drive him crazy or all my comedian mm -hmm. friends. Yeah, would agree with you. Does anyone fucking get it? <laughs> like, really? Does it anger anybody but me how cheap ambiance is? And and clubs are, they you see them, some of them are struggling. Everybody mm -hmm. could afford to do better. People mm -hmm. see the ambience. Look, I don't like food being served I, during a show. I mean, if it's going to be served, serve it right. But I'm saying that yeah. I don't want to encourage food, but I'll yeah. go ahead and say it. it'll make your food sales higher. Yeah. Because when they get there and they walk into that room and they're like, oh, and the next time they're coming, which, by the way, that happens sometimes three months later, a month later, they're going to think of that, that's not the, the food's pretty good, actually. And the atmosphere mm -hmm. certainly fucking I love it there. Yeah. Their food sales are going to go up. And when, and also it makes the show start on time when you create a nice place for people to eat. The only good thing about food is sometimes it can help the show start on time. You have less people coming from other places eating dinner, you know. Mm -hmm. 
So you will go there and eat. But when I when I was one time, Jim, out of nowhere, he goes, mm -hmm. you know, it's funny what I just said. Ambiance is like almost free. I go, All right. And every time we would walk into these speakeasies, because mm -hmm. we'd be on the road in the middle of nowhere. Mm -hmm. But there's always like every city has some people you don't know that has. So they're speakeasies and they're yeah. usually like they fucking get it. Not like a speakeasy because it's in Omaha, down and out. They get it's like New York. It's it's like New York City. Get it, mm -hmm. and um, and that uh, and every time Jim would say it, and he asked me if I was tired of hearing him say it, and I go, no, it fills my soul. When we walked in, he'd go, so this isn't where people should be sitting while they're waiting to see a show. Like, <laughs> why do? You, and it's not the money. It's not yeah. the money. Yeah. If it was the money, I would think about it. Go, oh, it's the mm -hmm. money. Yeah, cost a little more. It doesn't. It was just the tones and everything yeah. it was dark. It doesn't cost more to do. And and he, and then he'd say it every time. So this isn't because we're both thinking it's exactly where they should be before <laughs> they watch a show. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, let me ask you. So, so I mean, you're Todd Glass and you can do that kind of thing where you can come into a club and this is how it's going to be. What is some advice that you could give like myself and other comics who probably feature in bar shows, host in some big or host in some like a clubs that you said or whatever you want? How, how is something that we can do as a low tier comic on the totem pole to kind of make that well, to kind of bring the on because you had to start doing that at some point you didn't just start doing it when you became an a-list comic so like what are some things that we can do now that you kind of started doing yeah. to kind of get in the heads of uh club producers you know um <laughs> this a lot of the, I, I have an expression and I believe me, I remember it myself. Like mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm do I do okay in Philadelphia. I have a nice draw, but other markets, but I have an expression. You can't be more of a pain in the ass than you are a draw. Yeah. So it's sort of what you're asking, you know? Uh -huh. And by the way, I probably push it in certain markets. There's not mm -hmm. big things, but you'd be surprised. The littlest things they always, they go, they don't know that they all over the years, mm -hmm. um, you know, they, they all go at the fire marshal right away. No matter what you want, they go, at the fire marshal won't let us do it. It's like, you know, I've been down this road before. I've heard that. They always yeah. go, it's, can we put a curtain up there to block that light? Not a fire yeah. marshal. They would go right to the fire marshal. Yeah. So when you're doing bar shows, you know, you do, I, I guess, by the way, I talk about this all the time mm -hmm. on a million podcasts. I always think I hit it from a different angle. And I always enjoy talking about it, but I just mm -hmm. want to, out of my paranoia, yeah. if someone says, to, oh, Todd, if you want to go, then I don't want to ask you any more questions about you... it. I'll move on. No, no, I, dude, I could talk but, to you okay. about forever about anything, man. I just, cool. to be able to get into your head is, is incredible. So go ahead. Talk as much as you I, want about it. I think I... for like those bar shows, like, mm -hmm. I mean, because I'll go right to that. or Because mm -hmm. there's two questions. One, for when you are at a comedy club, mm -hmm. what type of those things can you implement i mean to tell you the truth like okay so you're a headliner and by the way it, this is me and you know probably in some markets i'm not yeah. talking like you know <laughs> but let's say you no one's there to see you let's just say that you, mm -hmm. you're a, you're you're an act you you but you're and you're good and you do the job mm -hmm. and you and you even work for them maybe two three times a year like you're there you do a good job you, mm -hmm. and the club loves you and you headline there and you'll middle if they need you one of those guys mm -hmm. um there's some things, but but I'm being honest. There's there are a lot of things you can't do. You know, yeah. like Brian Regan was able to when he was still at comedy clubs. Mm -hmm. There'd be no food or check drops in the first two rows. 
And and boy, to be able to do that, yeah, when you're packing clubs, yeah, you're doing you know six shows in a week. They're all no free tickets, all prepaid. Mm-hmm. They're coming to eat. They're making you know they're making a shit ton of money. Yeah, if you say that, okay, oh, okay. Now I ask when I'm at Helium, no food. I go as long as they're not getting food after the show starts. Yeah, and no check drop in the first row. Yeah. But I'm not big enough to go to the second row yet, or I'm scared that I'm not. <laughs> but one day, Todd, you get the but, second uh, row. <laughs> but um, uh, but at a bar show, I don't know. It's like I always say, like, there's well, I guess probably was more your... at bar shows. What I was gonna say, what was the first thing you did? Because you would have started when you when the whole atmosphere. I I like what was the first thing that was easily doable for when you? Started oh, that's coming a good question. Yeah. Like you, when I got to the point where I go, hey, could we bring the house lights down? Oh, we will when the show starts. I go, no, no. And of course, I know you will for that. Would yeah. you bring them down? Something like that. Yeah. Um. Okay. To close off back areas mm-hmm. and to pitch dark them. Mm-hmm. You know, no, I'm no one's coming in. You don't have a curtain, and it's okay. But I try to black out those back areas, and if it means to do it, I would start doing things like, well, they go, you know, a lot of them, they're trying with you. They're not even fighting you. They're like, mm-hmm. ah, it's not on separate things. Mm-hmm. So if there was, you know, a night where there's only 75 people or 50, you know, and it's a, a Tuesday night and I'm trying to make the most of those 50, mm-hmm. I would go, let's black out the room and put the stage lights on. Because it was such a teeny little crowd that if the yeah. stage lights were on, you could see. Yeah. And walking into that and seating people in that. Can you just fantasize that in your head? The oh difference gosh. between a big room. Now, yeah. once they're sat in that little, du- they don't even know what's yeah. behind them. Yeah. It's a and mood. once you get, yeah, you can't fluff up 20, <laughs> but you know what? Actually, you can, but yeah. 50 in the right atmosphere. Mm-hmm. So things like that I started to do. And then, you know, and there'd be clubs. I'm sure there's clubs that even say Todd's a nice guy, but I would, I could never have him back. Not okay. with the amount I draw. <laughs> okay. You know, I'm sure, you know. I mean, um, I mean, I don't know who would not have you back. I mean, to the incredible show. I think you don't when you go to start a comedy at a bar, mm-hmm. I think you have to like I see a lot like they're afraid. Like you can't come right in. Oh, here's a good piece of advice. Yeah. If you're doing comedy and uh you're just trying to get a bar to let you do comedy on Thursday night, you know? Mm-hmm. And there's certain things you can't ask for. I get it. But if off the bat they won't turn off the TVs, then go no. Then maybe this isn't the place to do it. Yeah, it's not like you're coming in. I want this. Hey, if a hundred people show up five times in a row, mm-hmm. then you 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 start asking. But from the beginning, it's not like I'm going. Hey, we need this. We need that. They go no, we won't do it. And you go fine. I'm walking. But if they won't turn mm-hmm. the TVs, maybe that's going to save you a lot of heartache. Yeah. Or, yeah, or whatever it is, you know, like we'll, you know, whatever that type of thing is at that place, and yeah. you know. No, but, I appreciate um, that. That's no, that's great. That's great advice. I um, what oh, is, music go, by the way. Yes, music. Talking about like that, the type of act, what you can ask for. I'm mm-hmm. sure there's a lot of acts out there that if you said, "Hey, I made this, you know, uh, a playlist, and that's the music I want them to be played while they're seating them." Yeah, probably a lot of clubs would just, "Oh, okay." And this is after I say good night. Play this. This is the le- as soon as I say good night. Play it, and it also serves. As my exit song and yeah. walkout music, I, I think a lot of comedians should take advantage of that. Yeah, music you know, is because so that's important. like an hour. Sometimes you're getting to entertain them, and you can yeah. choose whatever you fucking want them to hear. Yeah, Make once it, it gets cool. you in the mood. Yeah, 
Plus, it gets yeah. you, I feel like it gets you. I mean, I listen to music before I go on, so I can understand exactly what you're talking about. I wish that would be something that was being played over there. That's awesome. So you've done so much, Todd, with your career. I mean, you've been on TV. You've had a Netflix special. You pretty much check, checked every box that um, is th that any maybe up-and-coming comic would want to ever check. And now you are going to pitch this show that you would like to, looks like, have a residency in which you can have someone present it for you. What, what other things for you to be satisfied with the career, to have a very good period at the end of your stand-up career, what other things are left undone? Because when I look at your credit list, it is vast and in-depth, but I know someone like yourself always keeps trying to push yourself to do better. So with the residency aside, is there anything else that you would love to do before it all comes to an end? <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> making me nervous. <laughs> You no, I think about what do I want to do, like, <laughs> if I'm lucky enough to do stand-up, I'll do it, obviously, as, until I can't. Yeah. And then pray to pray to whoever you pray to that I quit yeah. before <laughs> I'm, you know, I it might be up slow. There. Yeah. Yeah, I went to see comedians that slowed down, but were still fucking amazing. Mm -hmm. It was fun. But then you get to the point, my friend said, maybe that's when you're doing them a favor. And boy, it makes mm -hmm. it a lot nicer you have to pay for the ticket but if this person you love so much is slowing down and you should just go and go oh my god i was there for them at this point and that's yeah. maybe if you look at it that way it can it can be a special special mm -hmm. thing my yeah. friend said that a long time ago when he saw richard Pryor at the comedy store when he was in his later years he goes mm -hmm. when he was you know it was very hard for him and he goes yeah i mean it was still funny but he had the thought of mm -hmm. oh we're here for him Mm -hmm. and that's okay because i started to think well he's not man it was really and he goes and once you look at it from that perspective he goes i changed my whole attitude i was like you know i could yeah, best yeah. audience i could be you know and be yeah and be glad i got the opportunity to do it so if i kept i would do stand-up forever and um i mean i don't know if i'm answering your question but i always oh, thought to me and i'm not there yet i'm being mm -hmm. very honest yeah what, what success meant to me because it can be at every level Mm -hmm. But I always thought it didn't mean I had to be as big as uh, whoever fill in the blank. It didn't didn't wouldn't put that priority nowhere near really near that. But I always thought it was being able to. And I said this when I was 30, grow old and not have to be nervous of what you're going to do mm -hmm. to get to that point. You go, you know what? With this lifestyle, what I lead, I have enough money in the bank. God forbid I can't do stand up anymore. I'm mm -hmm. good. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not there. So that's why I'm putting <laughs> everything. You know what I mean? I I don't. I'm, I'm, I'm being are, you like, being. are you being modest? I mean, I I I'm, mean, I look up to someone. No, no, no. Yourself. I'm being honest. Okay. Like that's. No, no. You I'm, know what? I could probably sell my. No, I'm being very honest. Like, oh, okay. I'm not saying I'm. Okay. It's not like I can't make my my mortgage. But yeah. yeah. I could move. You know what? Just so you don't feel bad for me, I could probably sell my house and then go live in like you know, North Carolina, wherever mm -hmm. homes are cheap. And when you're 20, you think that's what, when I bought this home, I go, oh, even no matter what happens in my career, this home, I'll sell mm -hmm. it. And then you move to somewhere where it's absurdly cheap. And then you go, I wouldn't want that to be my life. I, I would miss yeah. everybody. <laughs> I have all these friends. So now yeah. that that plan, but anyway, the, the thing is that um, that's what I always thought it meant. So I thought, mm -hmm. well, you know, what are you going to do now? Like, something a little different to change it up a little and i don't i wanted it to involve stand-up and i thought well mm -hmm. that show it's time to just fucking 
bring that to another level. And I have a new manager that is time. And I go, so that, that show, I mean, that's, I would, I would love, I wouldn't even mind touring with that show, but mm -hmm. to have residency anywhere. Mm -hmm. Oh, that would be fucking great. And then yeah. do that forever. Like that would be fucking great. I mean, did I answer your question? You did. You did. And can't, can't it, I mean, can't, I mean, like, it can be a residency, right? Like it's, go I mean, you're at the infant stage of getting it out there. Well, you but... have to be a big enough, you have yeah. to be a big enough draw, you know, like yeah. that's why I could go to New York and do the show for five months at a comedy club or, mm -hmm. you know, wherever, even a jazz club, go do it five months, pay up front. I don't care how big or small the crowd it's, it's the, uh, really it's the presenting mm -hmm. who presents it. that brings attention to it. And then also the PR, like really bring in PR yeah. is expensive. Yeah, you know, so that's sort of what it is. But the sh my show is ready. I mean, I yeah. I've been working on my stand up harder that's awesome. than I've ever. I'm not a write down with paper guy. Yes, I I write it on stage. I you know like a lot of comedians do. You know, so, what do you? Do? Well, I, I I write it out word for word because I'm a nerd. But I um, um no, a lot of people. <laughs> um, that. but maybe that's the difference between why I'm where I'm at and where you're where you're at. Um, I but you have an iconic dining room wall with your bits on it so there is a writing portion to it in which you rearrange your bits and you'll write a note here and there um this this so you would i i i'm not gonna i'm gonna show note everything like your special but i want to also include the interview you did with pad house which is where um i got this information where you have a wall your bits are on there you have a friend daniel and you guys talk about the order it goes in first of all is that that go ahead that that part I've done for a while. That mm -hmm. part, you know, I realized once I had the binder for this special, you know, the, on the, the music binder. stand. Yes. Yeah, it's and for people that aren't familiar with me, I don't, I don't know who your listeners are. Like, I, I really Mostly don't comic. sit there and like put my finger out. You know, I, I know my set. Yeah. So I can like flip a page and do twenty minutes. It's mm -hmm. still like you don't have to think. Like, and I talk, but once I put it there. Because, mm -hmm. you know, and I have a joke I say up front in my act now. I go, hey, you know, I want to explain the binder. You do have to explain it. Mm -hmm. I go, you know, I when I was younger, and it's really just the truth. It just happens to be funny. I go, when I was younger, I always wanted to do stand-up. No bullshit. Like, and it's as yeah. much fun as I thought it would be. I do. I fucking love it. But yeah. You know what the part I never thought? Oh, and I bet remembering my act will be fun. <laughs> I bet, oh, remembering stuff. I love remembering. I never fucking like remembering shit. So now yeah. I get to do comedy without the bad part. Yeah. Yeah, your body's and, like your North Star. And then star. I move on. And Right. And it's yeah. so helpful. And, you know, if I want to do something at a certain time, mm -hmm. I don't have to fucking worry. It's I'm going to turn a page and there it is in red. And I go, oh, I love it. I'm excited to do that thing. I, I would have forgotten and I would have remembered. or I could have put, you know, a little note like this on stage. Mm -hmm. But now with the joke part, like, you know, who's been really, really helpful is uh chip chantry oh my gosh he's been on this podcast yeah uh, chip is the best uh just i mean he person. will he will take a bit and not just i don't need someone to sit there and oh maybe he said that i mean yeah. make little changes that make big fucking differences mm -hmm. and then sometimes big changes he's very good at every level of figuring it out and then also sometimes it's a where I'm setting it up, he goes, "Oh, you need to point out this. Those things can be helpful." Yeah. So now How I'm working you... hard because I don't want yeah. the stand-up to be the problem. There's like, there's like all these apply to anything, and you know, mm -hmm. certain amount of it's the band, certain amount of it's the PR. A, a small slice of it is my looks and how you feel. I lost just to go. Hey, that's a small slice of it, mm -hmm. but I should feel good. I lost 25 pounds. I go, yeah. Well, 
improve, get every slice and and fucking work on it. That's a mm-hmm. small slice your looks, but I and then um, so I've been uh, and uh, my stand up is a big chunk. Like, don't have your stand up be the problem with the show. Don't mm-hmm. you be the problem with the show? So I have, I mean, I'm working hard. Oh yeah, no, no, I know you work hard. I've seen your act; it's incredible. Now, what? Now, t- tell me. I want to know. So Chip Chantry or whoever gives you a note and that note is emphasize maybe this part or take this word out or, re, you know, whatever it happens to be. But you don't write a joke out. Everything is in this binder, no, no. however it goes. So how do you remember all these notes that people give you over time? Well, the only thing I didn't always do it this way, I would just I would forget. And then eventually you remember you go, oh, I forgot to do that. Now I put it in the binder in gray if it's mm-hmm. like. Hey, remember what you talked to Chip about it. When I'm far away, I don't want to like have to worry about all these side notes, but it yeah. helps me in the hotel if I'm looking at the binder. Oh, I want to do that there. Little teeny things. Remember to say why you you know, remember this or um and by the way, I want to make it really clear, he doesn't just help me with technicalities of comedy, <laughs> but these this one area. Yeah. Um and then I'll just put it in the binder. But no, I don't write I, for no reason. And by the way, just so you know, and I think you probably do like because you were going, you know, there's some really fucking great comedians out there now and have been that write every word out. Yeah. So I don't think it's like, uh, I don't think it's, it's just whatever you do, you know, but, um, yeah. but uh, I just have it enough to, you know, enough to, enough to remember, like, my, you know, enough to, if I went back, you know, I, I have a book. I started doing it around 20 years ago mm-hmm. uh, and it, it's about 60% of all the jokes I have. And then there's a separate binder, just band bits. Mm-hmm. That's it. Just the band bits. Mm-hmm. But I have the jokes. I probably started it 20 years ago. So it's every joke, pretty much, that I... There's jokes that didn't get in there. I've been lazier with it lately. But uh, mm-hmm. they're all in there. And I've gone back to the beginning from 20 years ago. And there's almost nothing that I don't remember. That's pretty so, cool. Yeah, I mean, so, like, the, the binder's almost like Linus's blanket. It's like, it's just like a nice little thing to have on stage. It makes you feel comfortable about uh about oh being no now there. remembering it in the order no okay. that's hard for me or i okay. want to remember this that i remember yeah. the joke but you have so many the jokes. order <laughs> yeah what you have so many jokes i can understand why the order would be something that you yeah. just need to make sure you touch now what um anyone who's seen you knows that every joke is delivered with this amount of passion behind it. everything every time i watch you tell a joke live or or on you know watching you on tv or netflix everything seems like, wow, I am so in the moment with Todd right now. It's almost like he's like, just it's coming off the cuff right there as you're talking about it, but it's been done hundreds of times. Is that passion something that you manufacture or is it authentic every time where you get all kind of manic about maybe a certain topic? Is that kind of like, I have to make sure my, like you said, my face is like this, my movements are like this. Do you, are you consciously aware of that? Or do you get all riled up just being in that moment on stage? No, that's a that's a good question, and it's and it's. I'm glad it goes the way it is. Not that I would say it. I think mm-hmm. I'd be afraid to say, "Oh, it's riled up," because mm-hmm. comedians have been accused of that, and some that I know sometimes I agree with it. I'm like, eh, it's just that fake anger or whatever. I can tell you <laughs> genuinely. Yeah. Look, if someone doesn't like me, if I tell them this, even if they believe me, I don't know. Maybe it would, maybe it would make make them not be as upset because mm-hmm. i could see someone saying that about me but i swear i get like when i watch myself get angry mm-hmm. like i did a show a few weeks ago and we videoed it and i was like all the anger i didn't enjoy some of it i love yeah some of it i love some of it i went 
wow, it doesn't matter if you are genuine or not. It, if it's coming on, I want to be aware of it, but I, uh, it, it can look like out of nowhere. How can I get this angry? It's usually social issues. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. And I think and that's why I like it. Go I've, ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm, that was rude. Go ahead. No, no, no. It's, it, but it could be hotel sheets, you know, it could be like, cause it does, it really fucking gets me. Like even in the two seconds, I'm talking about it right now. Yeah. So, uh, so I get re angry when I talk about it and it doesn't always, it could be silly anger. Mm -hmm. uh, if I see somebody, uh, Sometimes anything sets me off. My friend, I wore a suit last week and my friend goes, you're like, wearing a suit is good for you because now you're the professional unhinged guy. Like you're so <laughs> professional. You want, yeah. you want everything to be right. Yeah. You know, when they're coming in and you want it to be like Disneyland and the music mm -hmm. and the vibe and it's blue. And he goes, then you go out and you yell at everybody for an hour and a half. Yeah. But, um, but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, so I, uh, so yeah, I do get, I do get, uh, I'll get refrustrated about it, you know. But, but I think that anger is what makes you a genius with comedy. It's because every great comic is they're doing something that the audience wishes that they could do. Either they haven't thought of it or they feel the same way, but they can't express it. You getting angry is kind of like all of us being like, I wish I could get as angry about this as Todd does. I just don't have either the the mechanics or, or well, the environment to do it in. So you're almost like we're living through you in that bit. I hope that I, I also, if, as much as I could self-analyze myself, I also get that passionate and happy to the yeah. other end of the it's yeah. like yeah it gets angry but yeah and i also when i get happy i get that happy where i'm like i fucking love this I, you know, and i get very I, I let myself go the other direction too so um but uh what what, what did you say what was your question no, no i mean i, no, I want to go back into the 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 um the um oh wait crap i had a um i had a thought there and now i'd left about anger oh no no i think that's initially why i was like so, because you're part of the reason why I got in the comedy. I watched you on Last Comic Standing. I was in high school. I watched you on Last Comic Standing. And, like, I watched the first season. And I felt the very first season of Last Comic Standing, which I'm not sure if you ever saw. But it was, like, it was comedy. But then there was, like, a strategic element to it. And then the second season was, like, this dichotomy. And it was you and Bonnie McFarlane and Gary Goldman. And you guys were just having fun the entire time. You guys were being silly. And I was like, this didn't happen last season. Like, I really liked the comic the comedy and the bits from the first season but then i'm seeing the same cleverness in the comedy and bits and then these three individuals having fun then you had the other part of the house which was kind of a more you know, manipulative game and that's kind of what i fell in yeah, love you with know, you, Todd, you, you were silly and you were an adult and you're being silly and having the best time of your life i was like this is something you can get paid to do this is a crazy what this, yeah. this can't be a thing so no, we, we, i mean the the uh that's interesting that you that you even noticed that because mm -hmm. still some of that shit got, got through because they want to produce it so bad. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we were all friends and there were some people in the house that gave them what they wanted. And, yeah. and so at the time, I just, oh, I'm like, we, we, if you weren't here, we just they, they couldn't even get a little bit of it, you know. Yeah. And um, so we all got along and uh, they think they need it. Mm -hmm. It's just like. You know, I'm sure those shows that after Simon was on, every show after that, no, we need a mean guy. They don't realize, yeah. well, that might not be why the show's working. It might just mm -hmm. be one element of that show. And mm -hmm. that's why I love that The Voice sort of went on to have a better career because they they did it and they're not mean to anybody, actually. Yeah. And they all thought, we need a Simon, we need a Simon, we need a Simon. And the reality yeah. shows back, in, back then, they thought they needed what I call he took my cookies moments because it was the mm -hmm. real world. And that lingered on, you know. Mm -hmm. They think they have to do this stuff, but they really don't. And um, 
so we were just didn't give it to him. And yeah. uh, not not with some like badge of not like we maybe even realized we were doing it, but we talked about it a little. We're like, well, we don't have any of it. And yeah. you know what they did instead? They filmed bits with us. Like we we used to have a running joke, me and Gary, that yeah. they don't let you out of here. Trust me. If you go to run, they'll 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 so we're saying this in the living room, they'll they'll shoot. I guarantee you, kidding around, but if we start running into those woods, I go, I guarantee you they shoot us. And then they went, I didn't know it, they went and pulled Gary aside mm -hmm. and shot it. And then they pulled me aside and shot something. And then yeah. you see that when you do the live shows and they roll in packages, you know, video yeah. packages. So they just did funny things like that. I mean, they had Gary running into the woods and, a big gun and, they shot him and he falls down. Uh, but uh, I think it was a, ta a, t a taser, uh, not a taser, yeah. tranquilizer. <laughs> that was the joke. So do you look so back it wasn't on so violent? Do you look back on Last Comic Standing with fond memories, or were you like, "This was a means to an end"? I, you know, what what kind of? Was well, I asked a friend. I asked a friend going into it. Mm -hmm. I actually asked Scott Ackerman and BJ Porter. They were like, they worked together at the time. And I mm -hmm. asked them both. And I thought they were going to say no. And I hate mm -hmm. auditions. So I was looking mm -hmm. for a reason not to go. It made me yeah. nervous. And they go, you go. Go do it. The first year it already happened. Yeah. But they said, you'll be you. They go, yeah. you just be you. And you and you don't have to do it. So they sort mm -hmm. of, I was like, oh, yeah, I don't have to like do these things. They want, they try to get you to do. You know, one night. You know what? I don't mind telling stories about Last Comic Standing. Number one, they're positive. We did yeah. have a lot of fun. Yeah. And um, I also talk about other stuff too. But my paranoia is that someone yeah. will go, "Oh, Todd's still talking about <laughs> no, Last Comic Standing." No, I want to talk about because but that's I how I found you. I yeah, yeah. So, um, so uh, what were we talking about? The show about the uh... you said like a positive story that came out, or you're going to give me a story about? Oh, I was going to say, I was going to say, did you have? Was it a positive experience for you or was it a means to an yes. end? Like, yeah. Okay. Positive experience. Oh, no. Okay. So I asked, and they said, do it. You'll, you'll be yourself. And then yeah. I went and that's what I did. But, you know, when, even when like I snore. So I brought a box fan because it really helps. <laughs> yeah. And I knew we'd be more than a few Never, people sleeping in a room. Never forget the yoga and, when you um, start snoring. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, right. So, and I would fall asleep. I was a little more overweight then. So I was snoring. Now I'm not uh. snoring. And um, I was like, I don't know what I would have done, but I, you know, I thought yeah. I would have probably done it because either way it makes good television, but it does make mechanics have to come up and remount stuff. So yeah. I go, I knew they're listening. I, I forget. I go, mm. Hey, I go, I want my fan. I'm not, I'm not a lunatic. <laughs> I'll give you five minutes. That's not, I'm not a minute. It might be a cross. I don't know where it is. Five minutes. Either someone comes up here and tells me it's not on, or we get it back. Or I'm going to literally start ripping cameras off the wall. And <laughs> believe me, I'm going to do it. <laughs> that's why i gave you five minutes and didn't yeah. say 30 seconds and then guess what i swear to fucking god about a minute later my fan came up, <laughs> came up. I was like, yeah yeah i'm no i'm you're if you this show doesn't need me keeping alonzo bowden <laughs> and gary goldman up for a no. whole night because that's who i was sharing a room with now, now how'd you get on the show because i i'm not saying this because of talent i'm saying this because i was like i saw you in the auditions and i saw you doing all and i was like this guy's great and he deserves to get on. And then I read your book and then I find out your neighbors with Jay Moore. So I'm like, did this dude have a like, like what, what this, what's this guy doing? Is he like, a, did he get a fast pass or did you really go through the actual auditions where you're on the street for like three hours or whatever? How'd you get on that no, show? No, let you, if you were a seasoned comic, they uh -huh. did let you, because the next year they realized that there were some of those comedians that had an act to go tour with, mm -hmm. but really getting that sort of, of attention mm -hmm. and then if you have an act to go out and then you know 
tour with it. Like some people yeah. weren't ready. Others mm -hmm. were, but mm -hmm. definitely some weren't on that show. Some were definitely ready. So others. Yeah. So I think they tried to go, well, we're going to try to get, you know, because look what it did for them. Mm -hmm. But they probably realized to do that. You know, no, I, I wouldn't go wait in line for three hours. <laughs> and believe me, I, I should. Uh, I'm not. Yeah. I, I, I needed the event. I needed the, the, you know, I needed it. Yeah. But um, so you just went in. But uh, you know what I did for the first? I think also they decide they'd like you there. Maybe it's somebody like, mm -hmm. I don't know, because you know what? People should know who Todd Glass is. And that, and that maybe that happened a little. I don't know. And that would mm -hmm. melt my heart. I think a little bit of that might have happened. Um, but uh, I mean, you still had to do well with the audiences. But on the audition at the Melrose Improv, yeah. there was a comedian before me. He has since passed, but oh. he told this story all the time. Yeah. And he has a joke about, it was after a show early in his career. His name's Mike Reynolds. And okay. he, he was out on the boardwalk. Someone's yelling out, Mike Reynolds. And he's like, oh, my God, they saw the show. And then so, you know, he like, oh, and then he, bite, he hears, Mike Reynolds. Mike Reynolds. Mike Reynolds. Mike Reynolds. Reynolds. So he went up. He had okay. I went up and did the same joke. I go, you know, one night after a show, and I used his name. And he always goes, you did my joke and got in. I did yeah. my joke and I did <laughs> I like I like that you were fucking with them, dude. I so like that. So wait, did you know that you were like automatically going to go to like the semifinals, or did you not know that you were going to get any further? Than, oh no, like, the callback. Okay, no. and you, no, and you know what? Yeah, I cared. I I don't really. There's not that many things that I go. Oh, I want that. I'm like yeah, stand up. Mm -hmm. But other than that, probably because I get to do that, and that mm -hmm. feeds what I really need to be mm -hmm. fed so the stand-up so that's probably why so i never really felt like i want this yeah and i did yeah i really wanted it you know and um so as i kept getting advanced and i was like the eighth one to get called for the 10 and i was like yes mm -hmm. i was like i yeah i really wanted to uh and it and it was very very good for mm -hmm. me and it was and uh it was a and it was a really a lot of fun. Yeah. Now it was obvious. It was obvious to me that you knew Gary. I mean, just the chemistry you guys had prior to getting onto the show, like when you guys were in the house. Who did you know very well getting it before you went into the house? Who were people that you like either well, opened I knew for? Tammy Piscatelli. Okay. Very well. I knew uh, um, Kathleen Madigan. You know, okay. very well. I knew Gary very mm -hmm. well. Alonzo. So uh, both were, not Alonzo. Um, Alonzo, yeah, I knew Alonzo and Corey mm -hmm. Holcomb and okay. Bonnie McFarlane. I mean, I knew, so I knew a lot of them. Uh, was it very well? Was it weird like that? Because like unlike an actual reality show where people come in as strangers, you guys all work together in some capacity. Where people like Tammy or like even like Aunt who played the game very hard, kind of like Todd. I gotta do this. Like I gotta get screen time. Like was there a canned conversation off camera for when these moments were happening on camera with these people that were your friends or anything? Because when I think of the shrewd players that season, I think of Aunt Alonso and Tammy were the real shrewd players as far as getting you out early and those kind of things. Did you guys have conversations? It's so funny. That's so funny because. Like that, you're so your vets. I don't. I don't even know. Like, I, I'm. I'm gonna go. That's very intuitive. You notice that, mm -hmm. but like, I don't. I haven't seen every show. I've seen when. It's been a while. I forget what I've seen, but I haven't seen every show, so I don't yeah. know every. But like, you know that, that that that's why every almost everything that that part of the show wasn't my favorite part. That they yeah. decided because they could have done what we did, and who knows? Mm -hmm. Some people are gonna go. Well, some of you didn't. Some of you had to do it. Mm -hmm. Maybe not. Mm -hmm. maybe not but they gave them that they they decided they were going to give them that the show mm -hmm. like you know why is Todd upstairs singing I need attention yeah. and if you were funny like that's the 
Yeah. You know, but but he probably didn't even believe it, you know. But um mm -hmm. they gave them they gave them what they wanted and and that wasn't the best part of it, but there yeah. was a lot of fun even with them yeah. when they weren't participating in that element of it. Even with them, a lot of great conversations around the fire pit at night just talking yeah. about comedy and you know, you're on a show like you could just ask for a drink. Like yeah. you just go, "Can I get a Jack and Coke?" and they would bring you out a Jack and Coke. Yeah. And I was in the kitchen once and I dropped a jar of mayonnaise mm -hmm. and uh, I, you really do forget there they, they, at night, all the moving cameras, there's only mm -hmm. one. And you, mm -hmm. you, you, you forget that they're watching you all the time. Mm -hmm. And I went to clean it up and then somebody came in like, like a person <laughs> to clean it. I'm like, this is pretty, is this what, is this what the elite, is this how they live? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so so I then mean, I just started taking yeah. out jars and dumping them over, you know, no. I love it. I love that you were doing this, dude. I mean, it's, I'm glad because you all, I mean, I don't know. Did you get a lot of after the show was like, hey, were you playing a character? Because I could, because I initially thought that as well until, until I got your album Thin Pig. I, or, and so I, I was like, is he, is this him getting screen time or is this actually who Todd Glass is? Because I was in high school. I, my dad wasn't taking me out to comedy clubs to see, to see, <laughs> you know, people. So like, I'm glad that you, but did you get a lot of that when you're out in the road? Like, Hey, are you a character on TV kind of thing? Cause you were so present in front of the camera versus like someone like Kathleen Madigan, who no offense to Kathleen was barely, barely visible right. on camera. You know, um, when I was, this answers the question. When mm -hmm. I was 12, and I would imagine it the same, and it's changing. Maybe a lot of times it was more boys that like comedy, but that's changing mm -hmm. big time now that there's a lot of funny women comedians. But, mm -hmm. you know, uh, but for a while, more young boys. And you know what? I had good taste mm -hmm. in uh, comedy when I was 11 and 12. I really, mm -hmm. I, I think I did. Looking back, young kids have a very, you know, they, so um, after the show, like, mostly what i liked was i would get parents coming up to me after the show going oh our son he's too young to get in <laughs> and i loved that because yeah. that was me at that age and they're yeah. watching me going oh this this adult has the sensibility that that more like i have and i only mm -hmm. have it because you know look things everybody has it when they're young everybody's silly everybody does bits that's all mm -hmm. kids do are bits yeah, but life can knock the shit out of you, and then you have yeah. responsibilities. And the truth is, and only because I live a very, you know, I'm very, I don't waste money. I'm very good, so I don't have debt. I don't have mm -hmm. kids, you know, mm -hmm. so I don't have a lot of stress. Yeah, so I can still <laughs> hang out like that. I and I'm yeah. my and I miss. I I, go, I always have to tell my friends like I got to make newer, younger friends every mm -hmm. ten years because your other friends they you know they have responsibilities. You you can <laughs> I can still. So um, that sort of is me. And I think the, they got it. Like when I was begging them to get me off the show, I, instead of doing stand up, I went out. I'm like, please, I don't want to be here. I don't know what I can do. Please, if you help me out. And then, uh, you know, I would get you letters asked, from. I have, you asked to get off the show? What? Wait, you asked to get kicked off the last comic standing? Like have them vote That's for you? As a joke. As a joke oh, on oh, air. Oh, like, oh, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I was like, wait yeah. a okay, as I'm sorry. Joke. <laughs> and I would say, like, if you do this, I'll send you a dollar. And I would get letters, like letters, you know. <laughs> hey, or do you want to, uh, uh, do, uh, will you really give me a dollar if I, mm -hmm. uh, whatever, you know. But, um, but uh, yeah, your question was, but no, I never had the clubs. No one ever, I never was met with anything like okay. uh, they accepted who I came off on the show is okay. it, it's probably somewhat the same. Yeah. I always wanted to ask like, you this. Maybe there's a, yeah. 
maybe there's a genuine side you don't really get on the show. I also like talking about, you know, I'm not all, I, yeah. you know, I also like atmosphere and I like talking about lighting and how to present. So, yeah. you know, um, I like talking about Mr. Rogers and I like, <sighs> so maybe if they see that other side, yeah, yeah maybe, you know, if, if well, they come see me live, I would hope they just go, oh, okay, well, he's, you know, he is that, but plus this. I, I think it was kind of cool. I want to get there's something I wanted to bring about Lost Comic Setting, and then I, I promise to move on. But um, there's uh, I think it, that's kind of like what is Todd Glass's brand or what's his competitive advantage? How did Todd Glass find success? And I think your brand of comedy is your bits come from that viewpoint of not a child, but like a teenager, something like that. Like that you see these things with eyes that that adults who come who are your age to comedy clubs don't see. I, I think I relate to that so much when you have these kind of rants or jokes it's not i wouldn't say it's childlike in an insulting way but it's very candid and raw and it really strips down something to its essence it's not the bullshit you know there's always that there's always that thing and adults will put that bullshit coating like that sugar coating on a pill over it and i think what you are doing is you take that child's lens and you scrape off that coating and now here it is right here in front of you you idiots here it's right here kind of thing would you agree with that Oh, I don't, I'm not sure, but it okay. sounded nice. <laughs> All right. But, um, but, uh, yeah, yeah. But, uh, I, I don't know. I guess maybe I can answer that question by just saying, or it's not that it was a question, but, uh, yeah. And I, n- I noticed, I noticed as, you know, every time I look back on old comedy, what bothers me the more is when it doesn't come off authentic. Yes. And sometimes I, you know, it was because I was, doing something really important and then you're act you're tightening it up a little and you weren't that you know hey polished when you were tour but but nevertheless any level of of not being genuine yeah. you know being phony in my voice you know my mm-hmm. last on, on my next special i have in my binder mm-hmm. literally the first page says talk like you fucking talk and yeah. that reminds me don't do this thing where you and and um so uh but so I think that uh, um, and that's all. That's maybe the guiding sort of maybe when you when when know. when you get a nugget of an idea that goes that you do into your phones phones apps. Is that are you is the initial idea most times a point you want to make or something that you find funny? Like it, I I don't I, and let me know if I'm not. Oh, that's it. It'll be both. Okay. <laughs> you know, the joke now is every time I have an idea, I and my friends around me, I'll be go. I'll get into the part of the joke, the technical part of it that I don't want to figure out right there. But I know mm-hmm. if I someone does. The, so I go, blah, 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 blah. My friends will hear me go, you'll give it to Chip Chance or he'll fucking polish it up. For you. <laughs> and, and so that's usually into my phone. It's, it is if it's a social point of view. I'm 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 not trying. I will make my next special or even my comedy live. I don't mm-hmm. I had some stuff that was preachier than funny. Mm-hmm. preachier than funny mm-hmm. uh and uh some of it i don't mind i could go well i have trumpets blaring behind me obviously i don't take myself too seriously but yeah. still i want this to one i don't mind if i have something to say but i want it to be funnier than preachy and mm-hmm. relatively besides defending youth like that chunk of my act yeah defending youth mm-hmm. um I, I don't really i don't really uh, uh, uh you know um i'm not really gonna do any talk about that but yeah. i but i don't i forget what did you what did you say I was just gonna say, like, oh, well, the, oh, do I yeah. my memo? So yeah. It's, yeah, if it's a social situation, I yeah. go, you know, how, and and then if it's a joke, you know, like, hey, hey, let me tell you something for the phone, so many nights still, especially if I'm high, 
<laughs> oh my god for so many comedians i bet it's it's such a good tool don't ever if you're a stand-up comic and you complain about the phone not if before you shut the fuck up that was the best thing. How, how i'm sure for tons of people but creative people with dyslexia mm -hmm. sometimes and mm -hmm. that phone and getting you to these weird gigs and and then not and and then being able to to say things into a phone the way you want to say them instead of writing mm -hmm. them down sloppily and maybe forgetting for some few key points my god fucking not god but whatever i believe yeah, no, no. the universe yeah for my phone yeah no, no i the, the um I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back to the thing I want to talk about from last comic standing, but it is going to parlay this, this thing about how you want to protect the youth, and I think that's where the, that's, the, that was the genesis of the Mark Maron episode. That was just an iconic episode that really did a lot of good and a lot of change. Going back, kind of pre that on last comic standing, I'm not sure if you recall this. There was a very real moment that happened between Ant and Corey Holcomb about. I guess there was a gay slur and I believe it that Ant or somebody blamed maybe you for saying something initially. And then Corey really jumped on it or something like that. Can you kind of walk us? I mean, for those who have not seen last comic standing, because for some reason, all that stuff stays up here for the rest of my life. Can you talk, if you remember that happened, can you talk about what exactly happened and, and what um kind of what, how you felt in the moment? Cause this was all before you came out and, and, and it all happened on live TV for, for millions of people to see. Yeah, God damn it. Isn't that funny? Like, I don't even really think about that part of the show, you know, mm -hmm. but I, of course I remember it. And also, mm -hmm. as you're telling it to me, and by the way, I'm happy to discuss it, but yeah. I guess maybe I forget about it because it's something that I want to forget about. Yeah. And to be really clear, I didn't, by the way, I wouldn't use a slur like that mm -hmm. anymore, even jokingly. Yeah. You, you know, I know that I, I want to go, go way out of my way to say this. Mm -hmm. I, I did it jokingly and I and I still don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. But, you know, everybody's going to say they were joking, but mm -hmm. you have to have a, a juxtaposition laid down somewhere. Mm -hmm. if, if I ever did it, which I wouldn't, but if somebody found, let's say, that old piece of work and they asked me to answer for it, mm -hmm. I wouldn't mind. I go, I think if you go listen to my podcast and I'd even tell them which three episodes, you'll go, oh, this guy's a different person now. Yeah. A lot of times when people yeah. get in trouble for that stuff, they're not a different person. Mm -hmm. They're just apologizing. They're better off not apologizing, but they're not a different person. They get very angry. I would, mm -hmm. I would, I would, but then, then, um, and I was not a, uh, in the closet, but said bad things about gay people to hide. That's mm -hmm. not, that's not what I was doing. I was yeah. saying it sometimes to me to use vile words back then. And mm -hmm. they are vile words. And they pack a lot of hate and it's just a lot of, a lot of negativity. They're very vile. But the comedian mm -hmm. in me, it's all humor in that sometimes to use them sloppily. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I can get off in other ways now. I don't I don't yeah. I get it. I could defend it. I could look like I'm going down the path to defend it. Mm -hmm. But I'm going down that path to say I get those. I get it. Usually. And back then there was somebody taking a picture of the bus. Mm -hmm. And I said, oh, what's the matter? You never saw a bus before you. And yeah. I used that slur. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, should I say the word just so no, people are really clear? I mean, I think we know what the word is. I don't think you. Yeah, no, I don't. Yeah, it's not giving uh, it, it, yeah, it it Yeah, yeah, yeah. The long gated F word. Yeah, and um, and then a lot, and and I was saying it, you know, like to to, but and um, after I used that word, there became, uh, somebody else in the house said, uh, you know, what if we used uh, the N word, and then it became. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, that was it. That was it. I That's was not sort of not, yeah. yeah, I was sort of not that sort of became the bigger thing. 
Yeah. You know, no one said, but you started it with what you said. It didn't yeah. matter. It mm -hmm. didn't matter. That wasn't a pivotal thing. So, so then it just, but it was very funny because then you're like, yeah, really, you know, and then there were lawyers that were coming on to the, oh my uh, gosh. you know, well, onto the set. And they, I, they had to physically one separate. One at a time interview us. Yeah, they had to what? physically separate Ant and Cora, I remember, because they was almost to get physical at one point. I, I You said not to, I'm not going to mention his name, but the, the individual that got upset about the, you know, the whole situation. And, and he said, um, was there after you came out on Mark Marin? Was there ever a conversation with this gentleman at all? No. Or, okay, no. Okay, I didn't know. No. Like he would call you back. I was like, hey, what about two thousand five, man? I didn't know what the no. relationship. Okay, <laughs> all right, all right, cool. Moving on. Um, um, I was I wanted to ask you. I know we're. I so I told you it was an hour. Um, how much time do you have? I we're don't, fine. I be, okay, I want to ask. Fine. We can talk till my friend gets here. Okay. Um. What the let's talk about Mark Marin, the Mark Marin episode, very iconic episode. I think it was just, I, I, I mean, if anything, just a, 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 in the world of comedy, a social, a, a definitely a, a move forward in social progress, and came out with a great book out of it. I love that book. Um, you had mentioned, and I'm going to follow up to where is he now? You know, that the, the interview is over 10 years old now. You mentioned on that episode, I very clearly, you saying that I will never be able to hold someone's hand in public. Let me ask you right now, Todd, since that interview, have you held someone's hand in public? Wow. What a good, what a good, clean question. No, no, no. But, um, but, you know, like, that, that, hey, there's, there's, by the way, there are plenty of people that can, but yeah. I, I think that that's, you know why I think that's important. And I'm glad mm -hmm. you asked me that mm -hmm. because even me, with other issues. I'm not saying everybody could learn more when you think, oh no, I know about that plate. I got those people. I got them. Mm -hmm. I have it. I got it. I don't need to learn anything else. And you, and you, and you, you know, you vote, you love your kids, your whatever you have, any, you, you, you've got it. Mm -hmm. I don't need, you know, not that you wouldn't mind hearing it, but you don't think I don't, there's nothing you, that is important because it says, wow. Mm -hmm. And I'm not, you know, oh, woe is me. Like I'm fine. But maybe the fact that I am fine with it says more than, you know, I'm like, I'm not, and I'm not saying I would never do it, mm -hmm. but that's how that shit impacts you mm -hmm. at such a, you know, it's, it's like, you know, um, like that's just, you know, that stays with you a long time. So think about now it's not over. It's, I'm not saying that to anybody out there. I'm saying it to myself because there's mm -hmm. another group of people that are asking you know, mm -hmm. that, that are going to be made to feel less than until we mm -hmm. finally give them their rights. And but in the mm -hmm. meantime, we fucking beat the shit out of them. We have friends amongst us, you know, and mm -hmm. um, no, you can't have everybody out of your life that doesn't agree with your opinion. Mm -hmm. You can't. But you could raise the bar a little higher. Yeah. I think everybody says, well, out of laziness, we all say, well, we have to have people in our lives. Yeah, we have family. But after mm -hmm. that. It, you, no, you don't have to just excommunicate them from your life, but you can start being vocal with it. And when you hear a story like that, maybe, and, and it, it's like, wow, that think about the people and the things you're saying and how it affects them. Mm -hmm. Not just you, we start thinking them as a cause and they think they're this. And but the, 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 the things you say, the little things you say yeah. will affect these people mm -hmm. and make them go through bullshit that they don't have to go through. And ultimately, ultimately, so many comedians mm -hmm. like everything else are going to learn about these groups of people right now. Mm -hmm. That are basically asking for what every group always asks for to be to have some to be treated like, you know, just 
with respect and dignity and 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 know our story eventually it's not that everyone just changes their opinion i mean this is a yeah. positive thing in a way it's not like we go through life and we go oh it's been 15 years i've had that no usually we end up learning about them mm-hmm. and we watch a documentary or mm-hmm. your 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 own grandchild it, when it unfortunately it has to come that close sometimes mm-hmm. to your, your own child and mm-hmm. we learn and then you go oh and then you really understand yeah but you didn't. So, of course, that's what's going to happen. So especially as, as comedians. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like, yeah, I am going off on a tangent, but it's okay. like no one's telling. I would never tell a comedian what to say ever. And but, that might seem like I'm contradicting that right now. No, mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm saying every fucking comedian should do whatever they want. That's what's great about it. But you can make your own conscious choices. Mm-hmm. You drop shit out of your act and evolve. It doesn't have to be a court order. It's okay <laughs> if you go, oh, I wouldn't do that anymore. Yeah. If there's nothing in your act that you wouldn't do anymore, the, the uh, if you ever want to give a self-litmus test on yourself, the evolution as a person and a comic, if there's nothing in your act that you wouldn't do anymore, mm-hmm. probably not 100%, but if there's nothing in your act that you wouldn't do anymore, you Probably the odds of you growing uh, are as a, just as a person are very low. Yeah, no, no, I totally agree. Uh, very low. What are your what? Are, so I, uh, you you said I'm never gonna have I'm never gonna have a comic sense of themselves. But if you don't mind commenting on what you perceive the state of comedy to be today and where it's going, where there's a very popular niche of comics, anti woke comic who doesn't mind kind of pushing the the decency norms by saying things that are, you know, off, you know, kind of going back to the 1990s with what you can say on So what do you see that comp that there's, do you feel that comedy is maybe moving forward, idling out, or do you think it's kind of going back right now with comic, with like kind of this popularity of comics, like well, woke comedy, anti-woke comedy. I don't know what you would call it. Yeah. Anti-woke. There's definitely a breed of people mm-hmm. that are branding themselves that you can't say anything anymore. Um, yeah. You know, if we discuss right now the way most people discuss it, mm-hmm. on a good day you could win, you not win, but like make your point, not you, but you, the, the people that disagree with me. Mm-hmm. And on a better day, maybe I could. But if you look at it from afar mm-hmm. and just look at the trajectory of that type of behavior and whether all these comedians have said it, have gone in to protect their own ego mm-hmm. or protect comedy, you have to know one running pattern. Mm-hmm. This is just a running pattern that when you ask them what year they want to go back to when comedy was great, overwhelmingly, it's when the same time, coincidentally, that they were young. Yeah. Now, if someone hears that that disagrees with me and doesn't at least grab their ear and go, yeah. all right, there is truth to that. Nobody goes to the 40s. When you were young with all the promise and all the hope and you finally got good at this thing and and that, that nobody said so. That makes me think that they didn't go into it really giving an objective view mm-hmm. because they all if once in a while somebody said the 40s or the 60s, I'd have to go, OK, now I got some more research to do here. So, But mm-hmm. the fact that, boom, it goes right to when they were young probably says so comedy gets better and better. Mm-hmm. I get why in the moment it's probably because you don't go out to see it as much and you think, yeah, but comedy used to be great. Yeah, you were younger and maybe what made you laugh and you, you were excited over it, just a little growth. And now you're a little, maybe jaded. You don't want to think yourself as jaded, but, and, and on a good day, maybe if we, if we took this argument this way, like I said, the other opposing view, I think could make their point and win. But you, as far as starting to name comedians, I've gone down mm-hmm. that path where you go, what about blah, blah, blah. What about blah, blah, blah. Well, the thing is the comedians you name that are great, or they're maybe 12, 12 year comedians that are great, but they're still going to grow. They forget what they loved when they were 12 years in. So you lose, you lose. But if you Mm -hmm. go, 
pull back a little bit. I won't engage with this conversation, but I will tell you mm-hmm. that it's been going on forever. That mm-hmm. comedy does not get worse and worse. Acting okay. gets better. If music gets better and comedy gets better, there's just a trajectory of it happening over the years. That's not a bad thing. It's usually mm-hmm. because man, it becomes more real. It, uh, uh, the artist can doesn't have the business in the way of it. So what they can bring to the people can be more pure. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's one slice of it. They're having a problem with, but overwhelmingly it, there's just some facts and it wouldn't be the first generation to say that the new comedy is better. You know, usually when you're going after somebody for being wrong on their social view, trailing right behind it is just that it's hacked. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, at this point, it's like it's like making airplane peanuts are small. And, and you tell someone to drop that joke out of their act and they go, no, it's true. I go, you know what? I'm not even arguing with it. It's true. They're small. Still take it out of the act. Most of this just complaining about this, you know, oh, every, you can't say anything anymore. It's just like hack. If, if you won't stop it because it's not true. You should be embarrassed to mention it because it's hack. Mm-hmm. You know, on stage, it's such a fake rebel. You know, that they, they, they don't realize. They, they go, oh, what happened to the people that used to be comedy, you know, the tough? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're the ones you hate now. <laughs> you don't yeah. want to think about it that way. You're angry at the ones that are saying something. And by the way, if I had to go wider with my scope, mm-hmm. like, you can't say anything anymore. Mm-hmm. If I wanted to really make that like a detective would try to clean something up, what I would notice a running core with that is you can't say anything anymore is oh no, not you can't say anything anymore. Um, oh, that the majority of the people that seems like I'm going a certain way with this, but I'm going another way. Maj- I feel I could be wrong, but I'll start mm-hmm. with what I feel. The majority of the world thinks you can't say anything anymore. Majority of the world feels like you can't do this. You can't do that. Um, it's overwhelmingly people feel that way. As a comedian, they come up to me all the time. How is it out there doing comedy? You can't say anything anymore. You're at someone's house and they go, oh, it worked. You can't say anything anymore. The majority of the people I are, are feel that. Here's where it all takes a big flip on whether it probably means that's true or false. The majority of the people in the beginning are overwhelmingly wrong. Mm-hmm. Now, if that stat gets in the way of your opinion and you at least go back to look at my social math, then mm-hmm. you're in your own way. you got to prove right now that what Todd, if you disagree with me, you have to go, is what Todd just said true? Mm-hmm. The, the, not even social, political. The majority of the people don't want to pick up their own dog shit. The majority of people didn't want women to vote or be in the police force. They didn't want to. The majority of the people didn't want non-smoking restaurants. They were mm-hmm. angry. They were angry when it turned into the stadium. They were angry when it got to the stadium. They went, now it's going too fucking far. <laughs> yeah. and, and a lot of people, they go, I know. Now, go ahead, light up this light, have five people smoking around. So the majority of the people don't like change and they don't mm-hmm. end up looking right. So just on that alone, you, mm-hmm. if you are a comedian that's supposed to put a litmus test on absurdity, you mm-hmm. should go, what the fuck? Could what Todd just said true? It is true. The majority of the people are wrong, usually mm-hmm. in the beginning. And then the small, the smaller dose gets them to come their way. But the fact that most people think it is almost to me unequivocally that it's got to be fucking wrong. Yeah, not true. Yeah. I mean, so you have most people think. No, no, you're and you're absolutely right. But you do have half the country that um, I mean, conservatives are like conserving the traditional value, which, yeah, you, there's there's plenty of holes that you can poke into that. What would um, can you can, can you kind of emphasize people who maybe have those ideals and beliefs, but do jokes? well that way so when you're thinking of what i think we just had a kind of like a conversation around 
people who kind of find the lowest common denominator in that group about not changing. Can you kind of say what you appreciate from comics that may have those beliefs, but do it well? Well, by the way, that's, that, that's most of them are not saying you can't say anything anymore. Yeah. They might be met with a little more resistance than they were years ago. All right, good. Mm. I don't think it makes your comedy. So that's why it's so important. I'm glad you asked me that follow-up question because it mm. could make it look like I, I always feel like I have to have this, preface this and my hit and who i had on my podcast shows it it's not just me saying it so then i can go believe me i love vulgar comedy i love crass mm -hmm. i love i love you know using a poetic vulgarness to make a point I, I so you think well how can i feel that way that's not what we're talking about mm -hmm. you know that's not what we're talking about there, of course that's like that is a slice of comedy that if i thought was in trouble i'd be it's not it's mm -hmm. not. I, a matter of fact, a lot of those guys, like look at Eddie Pepitone. He's a you know a, a you know a guy that's that's a, a, not a young comic, but he's very vulgar. You know, vulgar, mm -hmm. you know, angry and that. But he's mm -hmm. never punching down. Yeah. So you can do all that stuff, and you can be twisted and demented, and you know, saying though, saying it's uh, uh, oh, you can't say anything anymore. It's also just it can be a lazy thing to crutch a crutch as a comic. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, oh, my brilliant joke. Uh, is there any chance they just don't like it because it sucks? You know, yeah. a lot of times you wouldn't keep a joke in your act about a dog that long, you know. Yeah. But anyway, I digress. But the point is, yeah. look, I thought I made a good point that you did. if the majority of the world thinks it. Now, and I do, I fantasize someone hearing this that doesn't like me and hears mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Look. Complacency might be the biggest drug we have because yeah. that made some. Don't tell me that didn't make any sense for at least someone that disagrees with me to go. No, comedy is in trouble. There's the, the police now. You can't do this. If they're not able to stop and go, yeah, I, I don't have to fall to my knees and admit Todd's right. But if it doesn't give them pause to go, it's I'll give Todd this. That that should at least stop me and go. Is that true? Yeah. And then really relook at the situation and go, the first thing you have to ask yourself is, do you mind being completely wrong? For any of the comedians that feel, or people, you, you, you know you're not coming to the honest conclusion unless you said to yourself, I've seen in life through history and books and, and documentaries, people being dead wrong. I mean, not a little wrong. I mean, dead fucking wrong. Some that live and change and help. But you have to say to yourself, could that be me? And if you yeah. and if you don't go, oh my God, of course it could fucking be me. Yeah. The odds of you doing it are very high. Yeah. And most of those people haven't gone, could I be? I've spent mm -hmm. a lot of time defending it, but could I be way off? And if they said to me, well, Todd, have you thought it? Yes, that's why I come at it with more than just the topical information, but the overview of all of these things. It's like, it, it's the same thing if you, you know, they go, it's gonna hurt the kids. You could have an argument over that. You could go, what is it they wanna do? Well, I don't think that's good for good. You could go, if you're in a hurry and you wanna mm -hmm. make a good fucking clean decision, go, I have this up, I just looked it up. Most things that I can remember since the 50s and name 20 of them that they used is it's gonna hurt the kids. It didn't end up hurting the kids. So <laughs> yeah. the odds of this one, very, very, very low. And it's the same thing. Exactly. You know, with you can you can clean these things up if you're willing to pull back and look at some of the running friends. Well said. Well said. Well said, Todd. I, I wanna I, I wanna ask like when you take on jokes that are that are social issues, what be it guns, religion, whatever it happens to be, do you take a look at that joke from every angle or do you just look at from one perspective or do you consider a perspective that would be unlike how you feel in order to mind that joke a little more? Uh, 
I guess I would just hear somebody say something if it was a social joke. Mm -hmm. I would just I would just yeah you know, I would try to think what they think to to have the counter argument with it. Okay. Lately though, I'll tell you what I've what I've appreciated some comedian friends doing. They'll do it if you ask. I go by the way, if I have an analogy in my joke or comparison that you see a hole in, mm -hmm. tell me. Yeah, because lately I've a few of my friends. And I'm glad I go. No, no, thank you. You you can that can help me. I mean, you know, I don't I want to see. So if that answers you. No, 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 no. That, yeah, that's no, I, I appreciate it. Um, I just have a few notes here I wanted to ask you about. So the Mark Maron podcast, you it came from this um, just having enough with the amount of youth that were killing themselves around being gay. Um, but I think a factor that I read in your book that I want to see if you would comment on would be you almost died <laughs> like that. You almost died on stage at one point. Um how much of a factor was it to having that moment or not the moment like that, that hour and change with Mark Marin? if you had not died, would that moment still have happened? Or I mean, not died. Um, have you almost not had died? I, <laughs> no, I, I almost want to say it had to, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, the, and it had to, you know, to, that, that your, your mortality and, and, mm -hmm. and that, and I didn't want to, and also made me think I didn't want to die this might seem a little presumptuous, but I, I remember thinking if I died right after I had my heart attack, I go, if I died, I know other people would say I was a good comedian, but there were people mm -hmm. I wanted to, people mm -hmm. that I admire, the people that I admire. I know mm -hmm. that putting modesty aside, I think that, you know, but I think they all would have felt it's a shame he didn't yeah. ever feel comfortable to talk about it on stage. Mm -hmm. You know, all my close comedian friends, none of them could, you could give a shit. And I think they would have just felt, but, and that would have, and I didn't want that. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, so that maybe pushed me a little bit to uh, to do it. And then, yeah, the, the 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 kids that were, you know, hey, look, it hasn't stopped. We're just not yeah. seeing it as much. The kids that were committing suicide was just mm -hmm. crushing me. And I thought that it gave validity to that something to hide if I hit it. And I thought, you know, when when I was younger, my mom had a friend and his name was uh, Jim Conant. And I thought he was really cool. And I found out that he was gay when I was like 16. And I mm -hmm. fucking loved it. I'm like, Jim's yeah. cool. Yeah. And he's gay, you know. Yeah. Uh, there was a, like a, a, a baseball player once, the same thing, you know. And I thought, mm -hmm. you know, you do comedy. It's sort of a cool job. And, you know, maybe that's it, it should be for yourself mainly mm -hmm. to be just you know, be authentic. Yeah. But uh, if that's the bonus of it, maybe mm -hmm. that's the part that puts you to fucking do it you yeah know? but it made me i'm so you know i'm so happy that i did it you know i yeah. really really i think i, I think thought, a lot of people are yeah yeah and it's so different now in only it's like so 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 different now you know i'm sure there's still the the, the you know the troubles and i'm not mm -hmm. but like where even from 10 years ago when you go look at a show at a comedy mm -hmm. at even a mainstream comedy club that diversity on the uh all that diversity that everyone hates so much. You know, I always say diversity isn't a mercy mission for the diversity. Yeah. It's uh, makes better crowds. Yeah. Because it represents wrong. the world. Exactly. It makes better exactly. crowds. Who wants a show with three similar viewpoints? Go ahead. I'm sorry. Right. No, no. <laughs> Just whenever you see good clubs with good crowds, mm -hmm. well, at least crowds that I think are good, usually means they pay attention, you know, mm -hmm. and you, you they're, they're there for the show. Go look at the wall and you go, oh, yeah. Look at, and you see the more diverse wall you see, usually they better better crowds they are most of the time did you anyway. see uh did you see, what, what was the response to that episode i don't think you've really ever mentioned the response to it i think you i, I try to do a little bit of research around uh about what the you know a couple of the interviews you did right after that what was the response from the mark Marin episode was it overwhelmingly positive oh, oh. 
Twitter was Twitter was really popular then, and mm -hmm. you know, just a lot of support, a lot of Good. a lot of people. You know, and, and there's always a few people that say, "All right, I don't care," but what do you have to announce it for? Mm -hmm. And they're, they're the ones they do care. They don't My get friend it. pointed yeah. that out. That group that says, "I really don't fucking care," but why do they have to? Mm -hmm. you, you, you don't. You decided to stop complaining about it. That's what you mean when you don't care. Because yeah. if you really understood it, you go because. We hope it's it's the process. You kept something bottled up, even if it was in your own head, or maybe your family didn't care. Whatever it is, so you're. We know you knew, mm -hmm. but uh, that's why. So most of the time, when people say, "Oh, you know, I don't care that someone's gay," but I, why do they have to celebrate it? There was a teeny bit of that, but overwhelmingly. So I mean, uh, the amount of, of love that. You know, they say when you met Mr. Rogers, he reminded you of how decent we could be as as a species, and that mm -hmm. type of love, which you know, I would just fucking cry like read some yeah. of the emails and um you know and i that's why i answer every email even if it's i think you're funny and you made me almost shit in my pants i yeah. want to answer those emails and the amount yeah. i get i can reply <laughs> but when i read some of the emails from yeah a lot of times it's younger people sometimes it's older people but mm -hmm. a lot of times it's younger people and i thought god if i would have not if they would have just fell in deaf ears those emails mm -hmm. So I answer them with with very I really answer those. And when I feel I can't say it in the word, I make a voice memo and I send it to him. Nice. Especially when it involves that topic of I'm young, I'm in the closet mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, uh, nice. that type of email. So, Todd, how would you like to be remembered? Because do you oh, want that uh, big do you cigar? <laughs> sitting on a line. I mean, would uh, you would it be okay if you were remembered as not just a comic but also kind of like a, a a social engineer as in some sense or do you want to be like no, just remember me as a comic. I mean, I, it's it's hard to kind of I know you're and you're not someone who wants to be put into a into a a, a bucket or I'm I'm messing up. Well, I that. know I know how I like to be, so I probably probably that's neck and neck with how I would want to be remembered. I try to you know, just, uh, you know, be fun and silly and mm -hmm. also, uh, you know, be, uh, be, look, people can fall off the wagon. Mm -hmm. They That's why a lot of people that want to give their social resume, they're like, you know, a lot of writing staffs do that when they're called on something. They go, no, we're progress, we're, we're, no, we're, we're progressive. Mm -hmm. And they use, I'm saying that doesn't mean, that's like someone going, you know, hey, you, if they're an alcoholic and they go, you had a drink, you no, 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 no. I didn't drink for three years. You know, that's not going to be your selling point to make me think you didn't have a drink the other night. You have to prove you didn't have a drink you can, yeah. because you can fall off the wagon. Mm -hmm. and so just going, I didn't have a drink for three years. Even So when you say I used to be, progr I'm progressive mm -hmm. and I'm the progressive one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, people like you, good, nice people were. Mm -hmm. And then as things get harder and you get busier and you get older, mm -hmm. another thing gets slid in front of you mm -hmm. and you you don't go with it. And most of the time you're wrong. Mm -hmm. And, you you know, because the other things were happening while you were younger, the older you get, the harder it is to. So as that happens to me, since I've been a victim of some of the other things, you know, being Jewish and also having mm -hmm. dyslexia and being in special schools mm -hmm. and also being, you know, gay, I just go whatever the new thing is. I have an expression. I say I give whatever group it is. It's usually a group asking for really fair things. Mm -hmm. And I just give them right away. My brother said I operate like an emergency room nurse, just nurse, just fucking yeah. give them what they want. 
And now, even if I'm confused still, mm -hmm. I, I'm confused. It took me a while with the pronouns. I But right from the back, what do they want? Give it to them, give it to them. And then ask yeah. questions later. Because mm -hmm. most of the time, whatever they're asking for is just fucking the, the deservant. Yeah. Deservant. So I don't, that's how I go through life. I hope, you know, that uh, that, that I give, uh, that for my show, it, it's a mm -hmm. safe haven for obviously first most importantly to just go fucking laugh yeah. but that people see the audience they go i'd feel safe at his show yeah you know if, if especially if you don't identify as maybe the you know some of the more norms mm -hmm. uh that i would go to his show and that i would feel comfortable if there's a slew of people that said that i went to a show boy did i, I felt good mm -hmm. and then just obviously you know fun to be around yeah what, what else you know there's not that more i think that was part of the interview that really like spoke to me a lot that really like i guess like there's an impact from that interview it was talking about that you you did not have an easy childhood but at least you had parents who were supportive and loved you and bought into everything todd glass was about and who todd glass was yeah. but there are people no, i had, a, I had you know, an easy childhood yeah but i mean like no i mean like okay compared to i mean you i mean you just mentioned like you had dyslexia you had to go i mean like your book i mean oh. read the read the book because the, the first the first few chapters are just based on like pretty much like all the obstacles you had to overcome just to get to where I get to talk to you now and be, and be a fan. Um, but I'm, I'm saying like, there are, I think people, you know, I think the part of the interview, which was like, Hey, there are other like socioeconomic classes or racial classes that, you know, have a hard time, but it's, it's the, the gay youth that some that see them most often where their parents abandon them. And that I think spoke to, spoke to me and spoke to, I think that was really what of, of the whole interview I think that sold everything there was that they don't have the pair. You, you were appreciative and now you're paying it forward for having that support system. And, um, and now, uh, and hopefully that now, I mean, yeah, actually, you know, go ahead. Real, uh, and then I'll, I'll let you ask the last question only because yes. I think, and, and I, then I do have to run and I'm yeah. the one keeping you at this point. No, um, no, no. I love you. I love this. Um, <laughs> uh, you're talking about uh, most Look, anytime I'm preaching or whatever you want to call it, I also am retelling myself mm -hmm. because I'm I'm aware that mm -hmm. my story could be Todd was amazing when he was, you know, he seemed like he was going to die. But then with this thing, man, I heard him the other day. He's giving it resistance. And I'm like, that could be me if, if, mm -hmm. if I don't think it could be. But, um, you know, we really could. All the marginalized groups, and I'm not saying mm -hmm. they cause their problems. I have to be really clear with this. Mm -hmm. And my theory could be wrong. If it is, someone needs to tell me. Because if I'm right, someone needs to scream at this, at all these marginalized groups, a portion of the marginalized groups. Mm -hmm. Again, I'm saying bring their problems on, including gay people, mm -hmm. you know, whatever whatever your plight is. If you're, you know, uh, been a victim of being judged outside the content of your character in a big mammoth way. So, mm -hmm. you know, it'd be women, black people, gay people, and the mm -hmm. list goes on and on. And you perpetuate that to the next group, mm -hmm. then how do we expect white straight guys to understand it when you have and they don't think they're doing it? Yes, mm -hmm. I get it. They don't think they're doing it. But if every marginalized group would take the hand of their fellow marginalized group and not mind taking it, not going, whoa, why, why do you identify with us? Our, our plate's completely different than yours. If mm -hmm. every one of them, they could move like a freight train. And yeah. I almost sarcastically want to go to whatever group's complaining almost in a joking way. Go, oh, you're fine. Or you wouldn't be turning off that other group that wants to identify with you and says, come aboard. We need all the soldiers we can get. Yeah. So um, there are a ton of marginalized groups. And within those groups, the ones that aren't doing that are me and, and being angry about when you see it. It's like 
you if every marginalized group would just go, yeah, let's band together. Mm-hmm. I think they could move forward and get out of the rut Absolutely. that they didn't put themselves in. But so Absolutely. that's always it, and that's what is a big thing with me to just almost it makes me almost my my head want to pop to go. Yeah. How do they not see the certain you're turning around and doing what was done to you? Exactly. It's it's really yeah. crazy. Yeah. No, no, you're no, not wrong. It's really. So let me ask you this, Todd. Yeah. You you are so so much the and I, yes. I'll end on this. I got a silly question for you, but I'm going to. Um, you're so much like that. You speak up on behalf. You're like the Lorax for for the youth. Have, wow. have, have you ever have you ever talked about? Have you ever th- thought of having kids? I think you'd be a great dad, dude. Or was it always career first, and just the family wasn't going to be possible with what with, with the career? No, it, it 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 didn't really have anything to do with my career. You know, I always thought the way I answered that is people go, would you, you know. What if you had kids and it was the best thing you ever did? And and coming up with this answer to why I'm not having kids really mm-hmm. then, then solidified it for me. Because yeah. I'm not 100% positive that I still wouldn't want to have kids. I'm not 100%. There is a slice mm-hmm. of it that goes, what if I am? Mm-hmm. But I don't think you bring kids into the world because there's a slice mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. you might. You know, I do love kids. And when people yeah. and, and it lets me be a good friend's uncle, you know, to mm-hmm. their kids and my nieces and nephews. Mm-hmm. but for my own it's too much i have a very chaotic head the way it is mm-hmm. and that would be a responsibility i'm overwhelmingly positive that would not make me have the quality of life i think i would be just a different stressed out fucking person <laughs> all right fair enough and i'll give you my silly my, my silly thing to think about i don't know if it's something so i know I, I don't know if this could happen did you ever see tignataro's knock knock as tignataro on hbo where she put where she no, around but the, all you have to do is tell me that and i can imagine the commitment so if she would she she put a thing out she put oh was, yes i did see that she goes yes yeah. what did i just say yeah she would she would go that's, out to that's people's commitment like, that's yeah did you i feel like this would i mean you i think you would hate this because you couldn't control the environment because you'd be in people's like greenhouses and churches and all this other thing which but have you would you ever consider it i so much would love to see todd glass and the todd glass band going around the country, playing at fans, like fans, whatever weird environment they would put you in. Although I can see it killing you, killing your soul and not being able to control the environment in which you were in. Oh, no. Well, if somebody did that and was shooting it, so there's a budget and you're not killing, you know, you're not killing yeah. yourself. Yeah. You're just going to immerse it. Oh, I would do that in a heartbeat. I, yeah, I, I'd I play you, a bar man. mitzvah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd play in the, I'd do, a, if I had the band, um, yeah. I would do a lot of shit like that. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, Todd, thank you so much for coming on here, man. This was uh top moment of 2023 for me so far. I so appreciate you. And I can't wait for you to come back to Philadelphia. I saw the helium calendar doesn't have you on there yet. I'm hoping they get you on there. If you ever want to come back to PJ Ryan's and to sneak in, I know there's a weird agreement with helium and PJ Ryan's, but like, let me know, dude, that would be sick to have the Godfather of PJ Ryan's come back through. Um, <laughs> But, uh, dude, you're well, the thank man. you. And, and you're also, the best. you said some really kind things, obviously, through the interview. So I, I appreciate it. It doesn't no fall on it doesn't it, it, it's heard. So thank you. You yeah, know, so, I appreciate it. I you're appreciate on the Matt it. Rushmore it was a great talk. comedy, dude. You're the Matt Rushmore Philly comedy. So no, I appreciate it, man. I'm going to end this interview, but please go to, to toddglass.com. Please check out Todd Glass wherever he's touring. And if he gets it and, and his residency, hopefully in New York, whenever we can get someone to present for him. Um, but please see him live. There's nothing. You'll not see anything ever. What, what Todd Glass does. So thank you, Todd, for being here today. Thank you. Good talk. Thank you. I'll right. let you get out of here.